Welcome to a podcast from the Australian Rural Leadership Foundation, where we share inspiring stories of leadership across rural, regional and remote Australia and beyond. I'm Matt Linegar and I'm the Chief Executive of the Australian Rural Leadership Foundation. Today, uh, I'm having a chat with Steve Tinker. Uh, Steve plays a key role in Telstra's response team, including, I believe, in times of, of disaster. Steve's based in Bendigo, and he's also the Regional General Manager, Northern and Western Victoria. Uh, g'day, Steve, and thanks for joining us today. And uh, pretty apt that we, we're here at this time and this time of year, and We've got uh, we've got we've got flooding occurring. We've got fires in other parts of the country, and of course, in in your patch, you've had uh, you've had some storms down there. So, welcome to you. Hi, Matt. How are you going? Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's, uh, it's one of those start of the of, of the summer season or the disaster season. It's sort of been uh, probably elongated already, um, but uh, yeah, there's lots going on in that uh, disaster space, isn't there? And we feel for. Uh, those communities, particularly up in the northern part of Queensland at the moment, and in for flooding in the, the aftermath of the uh, the uh, cyclone, and then we've got fires in New South Wales as well. So yeah, it's a it's a busy time, isn't it? And we feel certainly feel for those people that are going through it. Absolutely. Yeah, look, that that is the case, and uh, you know, I understand you you've been with Telstra for around uh, thirty years, which is about as long as the foundation's been going. Uh, yeah. Tell tell us a bit more about your role and, uh, you know, what what leadership um, starts to look like in a role like yours? Yeah, it's a, I suppose it, I've been around a long time, as you said, and seen a lot of things happening. But um, I suppose from a, from a leadership perspective, um, particularly around uh, disasters and things like that, is um, that we really try to focus in on, um, you know, the, the Telstra is a really big organisation, as you'd expect, Matt, and um, there's lots of different parts that are Really focusing in on on key elements of what they they need to do. So, uh, particularly when you when you think about the you know the when an incident is occurring like a flood or a fire or something like that. So um, I suppose um, we've all got a common goal, and I suppose that's probably the the critical part of it is to make sure we all understand what that is. And for us, it's about making sure that our you know our communities uh, we can provide communications. Um, and resilient communications as best we can during those times uh, and make sure our teams are safe and things like that. So I think that's that's really important. But um, for us, particularly in regional areas, it's um, it's about ensuring that we communicate very clearly about what's going on with our networks and, and how people can prepare in the, if, there, if we have a lead up to uh, an event like a cyclone or a flood or something like that, how they can best prepare how we're preparing um, and then how we're responding. So we can we try to ensure we're communicating very clearly around those sort of type of activity. And I suppose then it's because we're a big organisation, it's been really clear on the different roles and functions that we have. And um, I think that's, uh, from a leadership perspective, that's really important because I think when we have things going on like disasters and emergencies is that people really want to help, uh, which is great. Uh, and they want to get involved, but it's really, really important to be really clear on, on the roles and functions. And I think, I think even from my experience, when you've been in incident control centres um, locally or even state control centres, you see people in the different coloured bibs and, um, you know, they're very clear on who's doing what and where to go to for assistance and things like that. So I think that's really important 
part of what we do is making sure that we're really clear on the role and um, and all working together and pulling in the same direction. Yeah, great, Steve. And it's interesting you mentioned that. You know, what what are the roles and and you know, you'd be playing multiple ones. So there's your day job and uh, and what you're doing for Telstra, and of course you'd also be very much part of that community yourself. And uh, so you'd be thinking about those multiple roles, no doubt. Is is that something that that you do think about, uh, it, you know, in times like this? We, we're talking about uh, right now about times of disaster. It's not, this is not occurring all the time. But uh, are you thinking about those multiple roles, multiple hats, um, and how that starts to play out times like that? Yeah, I, I suppose I suppose you do. I suppose you play you, you do play uh, you know multiple roles um, and in any in any event day to day work, but. Um, uh, but you certainly during disaster times, you certainly do. You sort of um, you know, you, you, you're being a liaison with um, customers. Um, you, you emergency services liaison at times at a local level, and um, liaison with different part, levels of government and a whole range of different things. So there's lots of hats you have to wear. But I suppose the common thing is you, you, you're doing it for the right reason. I suppose Matt is around supporting the communities and where we live and work. I'm lucky that I've lived and uh, worked in. A regional area, the vast majority of my life, and um, you know, so you've got that deep connection to your, to your local area that you really want to support those local communities, and um, so I think you know you, you come back to that really common thread that uh, you know all of the things you're doing is is for those right reasons. So I think absolutely a juggle, but um, you know it, the the one thing you, you you really want to focus in on is making it that difference to 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 those communities and those people that are. You know, particularly in disaster, they're probably having their worst day, and um, I keep reminding myself of that and the team of that. You know, that people are having a you know a really bad time of it. It's the having their worst day that people are living and uh, in these areas that are being impacted, and and we just need to try and support them the best we can. Um, and sometimes that's you know simply just by communicating what's going on um, and and making sure we're very clear on that. So yeah, it's a, it's a juggle, but it's um it's very rewarding as well. Yeah. Well, look, you and your team have supported uh, those communities during some of the worst natural disasters we've seen. And in your patch, you'd probably go back to what would be 2009 Black Saturday bushfires. And then, of course, um, more recently floods um, in the last year or so. You were reflecting on those different roles that you play. People are having their worst day and what can you do to help them? But what would be one of your you know, biggest reflections about leadership, be that your own or, or others that you've interacted with at times like that? What would be one of the biggest reflections for you? Oh, I think it goes back to that sort of, you know, those, those you know, that, I mean, Black Saturday was you know, to, totally horrific and, you know, it was so quick and, uh, and you know, we largely personally weren't impacted, but you know, you're very conscious of what's going on out there. And I suppose that um, uh, probably the, the biggest thing is to, for me, is that empathy and care that to understand those that that worst day scenario that I think you know to be really sort of understanding of that, um, you know, and I think that really puts you in a, a real a sort of mindset to to do what you can to support those sort of people and keep focusing on what on what's really the most important things. Mm. Um, and I, I actually remember the Black Saturday in particular. I was really surprised at. Um, what people really needed in the aftermath. And we had people on the ground pretty quickly afterwards. 
uh, you know, in the days after when it came through. And, and it was really simply, you know, they wanted a phone charger to be able to charge their phone because they just had to get out of there where they, wherever they were so they could actually start to, you know, communicate to family and friends and, and get on with things. Um, and that was, you know, it, was, it seemed like a really simple thing, but it was so important. So, you know, those sort of things. And then we put some effort into really trying to understand exactly what people did need in that time. So I think that was the thing that sort of struck me was that, you know, we sort of sometimes can overcomplicate things and think people need stuff that, you know, from a, from a, from afar, but when, when you get on the ground and really understand it, it's probably could, could be quite different. So yeah, it was really a really um, eye opening experience and, and, you know, there was a lot of trauma going up, but it was, um, you saw the best of people as well, which was, you know, very, very positive. Yeah, so you you you've seen that on the ground. You've seen people who've uh, responded in different ways, and when these disasters strike, um, and I'm kind of betting that some of them will be uh, will be saying, "Look, this is uh, almost accidental leadership." So, and I I I played a role. I did what I thought I had to in the situation, but I'm you know I'm not a leader here, uh, and almost a reluctance there. Is, have you seen that sort of thing before? What's been, what's been your experience on the ground of that that sort of thing at, in those times? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there is people that sort of just sort of fall into it and they step up and they probably don't even realise they're doing it. But, um, yeah, the, the experience I've seen, you know, over many years is, is that there's just any number of people that sort of lean into that sort of thing and they're generally local people that really care about their community. Um, they may have been really impacted themselves, but they sort of got this sort of selfless view of um, uh, let, let's let's get on with it, let's um, support people, um, you know. And they've got this you know real optimism about you know this is it might be horrible what we're seeing or what, what we've been through, but let's um, you know let's support each other. Um, because they probably know that they're the ones that they all got something again connecting each other because of that event. So um, you know, let's support each other and, and find a way to move forward. So there's this real sort of positive optimism in the real dark times, which I, I found really um, amazing. And even last year, the Rochester floods, like the community there, were just incredible. Like and still are. Like they just positivity through that you know horrible time for them um was just remarkable and they and they sort of created this bow wave of you just wanted to be support them because they were so um you know so invested in in being positive moving forward and there was a you know this you know, it was a quite a large group of leaders that sort of got on board with that and you just you felt really motivated to support them and um you know it was really inspiring to see what they were were able to achieve um, in a short period of time by bringing people together it was really yeah it's a really positive thing that comes out of real you know trauma and um, you know, darkness I suppose in those communities but it's um, yeah it's something to behold when you sort of reflect on it absolutely and look that that positivity that optimism in in times like that which are you know absolutely trying for everybody uh, you know is you know that's something to uh, that you that you've witnessed that you've been part of um, which which must be inspiring um, no doubt there'll be other times either in in the disaster or, or indeed afterwards where it's very difficult for those who've been through that to keep up that air of optimism to be able to you know stay positive um, when when things are you know 
the reality sets in about about the impact and what's happened. It, it, have you had an experience there where you've, you know, you've been talking to, working with, walking alongside others in the community at times like that, and 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 what's needed from your perspective uh, when those times hit? Well, I suppose it's it's right. It's probably that maybe that it might be a timing thing. I'm not sure, but certainly you see it that you know the. Uh, you know, there's a lot of attention gets thrown at some of these communities in the immediate aftermath of some of these, you know, horrible things that happen. Uh, but then, you know, months later, it might be that's when the, the hard slog happens. And I think that's when, you know, a lot of the people disappear and uh, maybe a lot of the effort, um, you know, seems to be to be waning. And I think that that's probably where um, you really need to focus on doubling down, I suppose, on the on the um, on the effort that you do, and, and particularly around communicating and what's what's happening, so they don't feel forgotten. Because I think that's always the risk, particularly in organisations like us. If the, if you're not if you're not seen to be um, there and doing things, um, perhaps the perception is that you're not doing things to support them. So, and and in fact, it might be the opposite. You're actually really doing a lot of things and getting a lot of stuff done, or you're supporting a lot of different customers and community during that time, but um, it may not be as visible. So I think that's part of the, you know, that understanding that timing of, of when these things happen. And, you know, potentially that's, um, you know, it's one of the big challenges for, for all of us is that, you know, when, when uh, you know, when the real, um, there might be real work started there, but there's when people are trying to get back to normal activity, it's, um, you know, that, that much maybe where they feel forgotten. And, I, and again, that the leaders, when you see the communities, they sort of, um, they fight, hold your feet to the fire a bit around that. They, they're actually really, you know, they're, they're on top of you. They're making sure that you're doing what you've said you're going to do, um, which I think is really inspiring as well because they, they, they want to see the, the outcomes for their community that have been impacted through these things. So, yeah, it's a, it's an, they're always interesting. They're always a bit different. Um, but, you know, the people usually are really pushing forward and focusing on, on delivering outcomes um, for their own communities. So we, we want to support them. Yeah, thanks, Steve. And look at just a just a question question for you, a little left field, uh, and that is, in in those communities, there are there are multiple people and organisations that, that have to play their part. We know that uh, there are also uh, multiple communications and telecommunications companies that might be involved in something like that, at times like that. What what's interesting is that that uh, for some reason, there's maybe maybe a, a little more weight of expectation uh, in terms of what individuals or communities might might expect from Telstra itself. I'm sure I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. So, um, do you feel the weight of that expectation, and in a leadership sense, what do you do with it? Yeah, I, I suppose we do. I, I, I personally do. I think um, you know. I suppose we've got that benefit of a long history um, at Telstra and Telecom and PMG before that. So people have got a strong connection. Um, I think there's always been a strong connection when things go, um, you know, when natural disasters. So there is a there is a high expectation, I think. Um, and I think, you know, we, we always, you know, we've always had local people um, in the local areas as well. So we have... Um, you know, our local technicians and our local retail teams and our, and our other local people that sort of work for Telstra as well. So they're well connected into those communities. So I think 
you know, we do we do feel that expectation, um, and I think it's and I think it's a good thing. You know, I think that um, we want to be able to go back to what I said earlier. We want to be able to support and do the right thing, and you know, help our communities and, and our customers thrive. Um, and you know, and particularly during the, those dark days and those times when they might be having their worst time, is to actually you know really support them. So. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't shy away from the expectation. I think it's a, it's a, it's a really good thing uh, in a way, um, and and it makes you think about how do you deliver on those expectations and and how do you prepare and, yeah, you know, and I think you know any disaster is that you know all of the emergency services say preparation is you know the most important thing, and um, and we spend a lot of time trying to prepare. So that's that gets us in the right mindset and the right processes and systems to actually to do what we need to do during those times. But um, I, I think that helps us live up to those expectations and, you know, and we do review as well. So I think that's important to see if we did meet expectations or the things that we need to improve. And I think that that's also an important um, trait of good organisations and good leaders in those organisations is to ref- take time to reflect and, and, and be, uh, understand what worked and what didn't, and um, how we can improve. So I think they're, they're sort of a that can help us meet those expectations that we may have over and above others. So I think it's a good thing overall, Matt. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. So taking time for reflection and how you might approach a situation down the track uh, is what you're saying there, and yeah, absolutely, really important in, in all of that. And through all of those experiences, can you, can you Think of a time, or there might be a couple of different occasions when your own leadership's been tested. Oh, probably a number of times. Yeah, I think that um, you know when we, you know, we, the, just the, some sometimes the scale of events. I remember Black Saturday where we just, you know, where there was just the, you know, your first thing is where do you start, you know, <laughs> um, and I think you know that's the. Uh, I'm, I do remember that, you know, as a leader, I was sort of put in charge of our customer response um, on Black Saturday. And it was that moment of, gee, where do I start? How, how do we, we've never done this before. What do we, what do we need to do? Um, and that was probably the first, you know, the reflection was that, you know, where we, we weren't really prepared for that sort of scale and, um, and what we needed to do. So that, you know, in that case, it was like, well, let's get some key people together and work out what, what other, what can we do immediately? How, how can we support these, you know, these local areas and what do we need to do to understand what we, what we need to do next? Um, and, uh, and I suppose that was probably the, 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 probably the key thing there was really calmness about, you know, don't sort of throw everything at it and and sort of get into a panic mode almost. It was sort of like let's be calm and really think about what we what we can do, what we need to do, um, and that's probably a trait that I've seen across um, you know leaders across in emergency services and others that they've, they've got this amazing calmness about them, and um, and they're able to then think through things. So I think that's probably something I've picked up, um, yeah, since back two thousand and nine. Is um, you know. Be calm. Be really um, be listening. Be very aware of things, what's going on, and, and work out what you can do. So, yeah, there's there's lots of things around um, uh, that that leadership perspective that I think I've reflected on a lot. Um, what what went well and what didn't go so well. Um, 
and that's okay. I think sometimes, you know, you've, mistakes will happen as long as they're not, I suppose, the first thing we try to put in place is make sure our people are safe and all that sort of thing. So we don't want to make, you know, horrendous mistakes. But, um, yeah, it's uh, even thinking about it there, Matt, it's, uh, it's, there's, there's certainly a journey you've got to go through as a leader when, you, when these things sort of are put in front of you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're all tested in one way, shape or form um, in leadership. And, you know, that includes, yeah, could be could be in your position, uh, but it also means uh, tested in leadership in a whole heap of other ways in the community and your family and all of those sorts of things. And, yeah, really appreciate your reflections on, on uh, how you responded at, at times like that. Moving slightly here, um, the Australian Rural Leadership Foundation has been around for 31 years. And of course, our, uh, our mission in life is pretty, pretty simple, leadership development for rural and regional and remote Australia. Uh, of course, none of that could occur without the support of our many partners uh, across the country. And Telstra has been with us for almost all of that, that 30 odd years of, of history. Uh, and Telstra has sponsored countless participants, uh, particularly in our Australian Rural Leadership Program for that period. Um, we also uh, are working with Telstra as our graduates and alumni are post their program. So this is after they've gone through a leadership program uh, in, a, in a range of initiatives that benefit rural and regional Australia. Um, all of that, of course, brings us to Telstra's disaster, disaster response campaign, pardon me. Steve, looks pretty significant to me and timely. Um, we've just been talking about what's happening around the country at the moment and indeed the fact that uh, these disaster events um, seem to be happening more often and closer together. So uh, we are, of course, we've got floods occurring right now, we, but there's also bushfires occurring and uh, we've had lots of warnings about what that season could look like in front of in front of us. Um, there are a number of initiatives uh, that are happening, and this includes from Telstra themselves. So um, let's start with the launch of the Telstra response team, which I believe you're part of. Um, could you take us through some of those initiatives that are happening as, as part of that response, Steve? Yeah, sure, Matt. So, yeah, look, you're right. It's sort of, um, we're right in the midst of a, you know, a lot of different events and uh, part of our sort of reflection year in, year out, we've talked about reflection and leadership and things like that is to, you know, how do we, how do we improve our response? How do we, um, how do we, you know, continue to try and drive the you know, benefits for our customers in our communities and where we work? So, yeah, you know, we've launched the, what we call the Telstra response team and we've had, you know, literally thousands of people um, ready and had supported communities and customers, um, during disasters for many years, but we've sort of, you know, ramped that up a little bit this year in terms of, um, you know, calling it our Telstra response team. We've got people that are, you know, on the ground, our field technicians ready to be deployed in areas when it's safe to do so to restore services. Um, they're, you know, they're pre-deploying equipment where they can to support um, in the lead up to disasters. And then we've got people, you know, manning the phones and supporting behind the scenes as well to, to help our customers. So. The response team is really important. Our people get right behind it. 
um, they're ready at, at all times, which is which is awesome. Um, and then we've got a whole range of things that we're doing to support customers. So um, I think we've um, created some automate. We've had disaster assistance packages for customers for you know a long time now for if they're impacted by disaster. But um, this year we've automated a fair bit of that. So it basically means that if you're in a, an area that's impacted by disaster, we'll automatically bestow additional data on your on your mobile. So if you're a postpaid customer, you've got 100 gig of additional data for free to use. And if you're prepaid, I think it's 30 gig or something like that. So those sort of things are important because if you have to leave home, you, you, you want to be able to still connect it to family and friends during that time. And you may have you know, practical things you need to do about you know contacting insurance companies or a whole range of things. So you know, your mobile device might be really important. So we think that's a really positive thing. And just an example of that, Matt, I think just in, in Queensland alone, we've, we've you know, put over, over 150,000 um, uh, assistance packages together for the additional data already um, just in the last um, you know, few days with what's happening in Northern Queensland. So that just gives you an understanding of the scale, I suppose. And the other things we've done was we're upgrading, you know, pay phones. Pay phones sometimes are, um, you know, people don't see them, but they're in, they're really important during uh, emergency times. And we're upgrading the you know, batteries so they last longer in the in with power outages, which are usually the first thing that impacts an area. Um, and uh, we're also offering free Wi-Fi internet services off some of the pay phones and USB charging. So if you need to, you know, to charge your phone, there'll be a USB charging ports on our mobile, on our payphones to be able to do that. So that's a real positive. Um, there's a thousand of those being deployed in the next couple of years. I think we're up to about 150 across the country at the moment. Um, we've also probably a big one, Matt, is we've we've reaffirmed our commitment to emergency roaming on, with the mobile network. So we're working with our um, the other mobile network providers to to support emergency roaming. And this is in early stages, but um, it's a commitment we've made, and that's. You know, fundamentally that if you go into an area and your host mobile network is not working, you'll be able to then roam onto any available network in that area if it's if it's operating. So that we think that's a really positive thing for communities that are potentially impacted by disasters. So that's something we're, um, we're doing some testing in our labs now um, to actually see how that works. And uh, so it'll be more work to happen next year, but that's a, that's a really positive outcome as well. Uh, and then we've done some things around some temporary infrastructure, which is around um, you know, portable generators that we've got some support from the federal government under their Strengthening Telecommunications Against Natural Disasters Fund. So some portable generators across the country to, to help restore or, and keep our network running in times of disaster, which has been fantastic. And some other equipment like um, what we call cell on wheels and some other sort of uh, satellite technology that we can use to help um, have connectivity in areas that are maybe impacted by by disasters as well, whether the equipment's been flooded or or burned out or things like that. So we can at least deploy some things to keep people connected, which is which is really positive. So yeah, there's lots of lots of things happening in this space, uh, Matt, and um, and we're really pleased that we're able to you know continue to find ways to improve the way that we prepare and the way that we respond to um, natural disasters for our country, which we, we think is really important. Look, it absolutely is, and um, uh, really importantly, if, if people wanted to find out a bit more about that, or how, particularly how it affects them in their area or region, what's the easiest way for them to do that? 
Oh, probably the best way is just to search, um, go to your, your search engine and, and search Telstra um, disasters page. And, um, and we've got some support in, in there that can show people on tips and tricks on how to prepare. Um, and also um, there'll be options there about how to you know, apply for assistance packages if needed and things like that. So there's lots of information online on our Telstra.com page. Um, if you, you search that up, it'll be able to provide lots of information around what we're doing and what's, what's available for them. Great. And if, and if people are struggling with connectivity, as we know it can happen from time to time, uh, is, there another, is there another way they could, they could find out? Uh, is there someone they could call from one of those pay phones, for instance? Yeah, that's right. We've got our Telstra response team. We've got people on the on the phone, so you can call one 888 and um, and that's a free call, obviously. But there's people there that can support our customers that have got um, a challenge through these times of disasters. So yeah, there's people there. They're available today. That they're they're, they're willing to help, and they you know they they'll do whatever they can to support our customers in that through those times. And Steve, how how can people? Uh, best help themselves as well. So, you know, what else could we or should we be doing to prepare for these disasters that are that are with us now and will continue to be so in the future? I suppose I always think back to what the emergency services say. I, I live in a regional area, you know, on a bit of property and, you know, the CFA, local CFA are always saying, have your plan, make sure you prepare your, your, uh, the environment around you the best you can, whatever's in your control. So I think having your your preparedness um, up to a, a high level is always important. Um, and I think from a, from a telecommunications point of view, I think I said before about the one thing I did learn uh, over the years is, um, you know, having a battery and for your, on your mobile phone is really important. It seems simple, but um, it's probably the last thing we think about. So having a charger or a battery backup for your, uh, your device uh, as part of your emergency kit is really important, even a car charger. So if you're in the car, so you've got something to plug in the cigarette lighter to charge your phone is in case you're in a hurry is uh, is a good thing. Uh, even things like having a, you know, a non-electronic list of contact numbers is is important because if you do lose power to your phone, um, not many of us know phone numbers anymore. Um, so that's, I think that's another, another little trick. Um, there's also things like, um, you know, there's options around uh, being able to use your mobile phone. If the mobile network's down, you might be able to use Wi-Fi calling if there's internet available through Wi-Fi um, through, it might be your home Wi-Fi, but it might be uh, at another venue or something like that, that you, you're about to use. So there's, there's different options around understanding what that looks like. Um, yeah, but there's, um, but I suppose having that plan is really important, Matt, I think. And, and um, again, go to the, our Telstra disaster preparedness page and that will, um, step through some of the tips and tricks around how to best do that from a telecommunications perspective. Great. Thanks, Steve. Uh, just just going to round out talking about you, Steve. Um, you've been talking about what you do in times like this, what you're doing through your role, uh, how you manage all of that. How do you prepare personally and how do you practice self-care? How do you look after yourself uh, to make sure that you know, you've got the energy you need to to bring to the role, to bring to the leadership at the times you need it. So how, how do you look after yourself in all of that? Uh, yeah, I suppose it's one of the risks we have as leaders. We're always sort of really, really busy, aren't we? And, and I think that's, you know, part of that, having that reflection time to, you know, ensure that you are looking after yourself and the others around you. Um, 
particularly your team that take the time to to actually ensure that you're ready. You know, I think um, uh, you can't, I suppose my reflection is I can't always be operating at 100% and beyond. And I think sometimes there's an expectation that we do. So I sort of recognise that in myself that it's okay that I'm not at times. I think some call it um, operating your A game or your B game. You know, so some I can sort of, I'm reasonably good at understanding when I'm in my B game. Um, and, uh, and I've got some really good people that I work with that uh, actually really support me and those sort of things. So, uh, yeah, so that's really important to have good people around you. Um, uh, I, I suppose I do take time as well to do things outside of work, Matt. So I think that's important, whether that's contributing to, you know, my kids, what they love to do, and and that's that downtime from work. So, you know, I think that's a... Um, a personal reflection that um, you know you've got to take that time to do the things that are important to you outside of work, um, and also do prepare for this time of year. Which I do, as I said before, I live on property, so we actually do have a preparedness plan. Um, and a part of that is I do enjoy you know doing the things outside, you know, cutting the grass and keeping the you know the the, the stuff, the you know the the flammable stuff down as best we can in because we live in a bit of a fire prone area, so. That's also quite relaxing in a way because you know you're prepared. So I think that and we do that in part of work as well. So we make sure we've got our preparedness plans in place. Uh, and that's a bit reassuring. So you know that you've got something to fall back on when during those, um, when the when things happen that you you sort of, you you believe that in, in your mind you, you've actually done the work to be prepared for it. So I think that those sort of things are important and um, hopefully people in the, you know, going through these disasters, get a you know, get a bit of a break from it. Um, that, that's only the people that live and work and get, and are supporting these communities as well, because it's uh, it's hard yakka for them. So you know, I, I do feel for them that what they're going through at the moment. Yeah, is is it important from your end to be able to support other people to act at times like this as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you know, it's a it's quite a positive thing to see to support others to to how to do what they need to do and they're um and almost sort of you know you don't have to be always at front and center you can be just behind them supporting them to be able to do what they do and do really well um i get a lot of um i suppose a lot of joy out of seeing you know people that you work with um being great leaders and i think um you know that's a you know that, that makes me you know, get you up in the morning to see what the, what your teams can do and, and how they go about doing it and their creativity and their and their passion to sort of do a great job. I, I reckon that's a that's a driving force for me personally is to, to see them do really really well and um, and then see the you know where they live and work and the communities do really well as well. So yeah, it's a, absolutely Matt, totally agree with you. Appreciate that, Steve. Steve, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, the conversation. I, really interesting to hear some of your thoughts um, in, in the role that you've played, the community that you live in, the region that you're, that you're part of and, and more broadly. Some of the things that I've heard in our, in our chat is around your ability to stay calm at a time of crisis. You recognise you're not always going to be on your A game. So what does your A game and your B game 
look like and how do you support others and, and look for them to support you at those different times. You've talked about being clear in the communications that you're having with a range of people in, in those times and for, for those to be quite fit for purpose. I loved your reflections on, you know, you're often seeing people at, at a time of, of natural disaster, perhaps at their worst moment or having their worst day. And so, you know, where's the humanity or be thinking about the humanity in your approach to them at times like that? And the final one is that you do take time in terms, in terms of your leadership for reflection, to think about how you've gone about things, uh, to consider others and to think about how you might go about doing that again in the future. So I really, really enjoyed some of those take-home messages uh, that came from the conversation that we had. So, Steve, really, I really thank you for sharing your own leadership story uh, and a bit more about Telstra's disaster response support across regional Australia. We know how important it is. Um, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for joining us and hope they've found something in that for, for each of you. Uh, if you'd like to know more about Telstra's work and disaster support, head to the link attached to the episode notes. And indeed, if this interview has inspired you to do more in leadership for your community, your industry, your place, you can find out more by visiting ruralleaders.org.au. You can also stay updated by subscribing to our newsletter and following us on socials. This has been Matt Linegar from the Australian Rural Leadership Foundation. Thanks for listening.